Recently on Disciples of the Eight, the party was invited to join their friends Mike and Tim in their suite at the Coliseum. Everyone is excited to see the next round of the semifinals, but they have a few things to take care of first. There's the meeting with the dragons that still has not been set, as well as a personal quest for Magdar. The bugbear barbarian wishes to see a man about a frog. As I'm walking over, I'm reaching into my bag and feeling around and grabbing the biggest hunk of meat that I can kind of size up by feel. And I walk over to the frog and I hold the meat out and offer it, slowly walk up and try and put my hand kind are of on. Are you holding it with your fingers wrapped around it or are you holding it with your hand flat underneath it? it it's palm flat, like how you feed a horse. Okay, okay. good. Cause I- <laughs> just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's Palm's The Battletoad's kind of eyeballing you. He's looking at you. Much like a lizard would look at something. He's turns he's looking at you from one eye. And then snaps his head back. And all of a sudden, this massive tongue launches out and just pristinely pulls just that, barely touches it, and pulls that hunk of meat back in. And your short uh, uh, hunk of shark nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty satisfied with that. I stop while it takes it. I reach in my grab and uh, reach in my bag and grab yet another piece and get ever closer and verbalize that uh, with respect, I'm asking permission to approach and offer the meat still moving closer to him, trying to put my hand kind of in between where his eyes are on his uh on Go his ahead and give me face. an animal handling. Oh, waste the good one here. Oh, oh. Always with the guy with animal handling. As you go to get your hand there, you hear a kind of a <gasps> from the stable hand as he tries to get you to stop briefly. And all of a sudden your hand is in its mouth. It doesn't bite down. It doesn't hurt. But it pulls your hand in and all of a sudden it kind of uh, and pushes your hand out. Uh, and you're just <laughs> you're from like your elbow to your fingertips is just coated in gook. So majestic. <laughs> I'm not upset by this. I, I think it's kind of cute, actually. I'm like, oh, little guy. Damn. Kind of like, thwap that stuff on the ground. I don't feel threatened uh-huh. by this little dude at all. Romy's got like one hand on her holy symbol, one hand out getting ready to cast Shield of Faith if this starts to go poorly. <laughs> From what you're saying, I don't feel very threatened at all. I thought that was adorable, and I'm uh... You would gather because you just fed it, it was attempting to... It thought that that hand had food in it. You just moved it a little too quick. Mm-hmm. And it tried to get a, a little nibble of something that it was unfortunately not a nibble of for it. And it was also something much freer than it was expecting. I'm feeling pretty good. So I take my dry hand and hold it in front of his eye so that he can see that there's nothing in it. And I'm going to reach over and I'm just going to try to scratch him under his thing there. Okay. You give him kind of a little ruffle. He shuffles a little bit and the stable hand goes... They don't generally get pet. They get patted. And he kind of points up, and uh, you notice that the tack has a little bit of uh, V-spot at the base of his neck. And mm-hmm. he goes, tap there as you get on him, and it'll help calm him down. Okay, so uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to move around to the side of him and kind of pat him, moving down so he can kind of sense where I am. And I'm going to tap him on that spot, and I'm going to try to mount up. All right, go ahead and give me another animal handling. All he's doing is I think is going to turn over to the other drow and like mutter nod or comment. Tell me, is this going better than you thought it would? He, he's a little skittish. 
but he lets you get a foot in the stirrup. Go ahead and give me that dex check to get mounted. You're able to get your leg about halfway up, and then he really kind of starts to move. The stable hand goes, oh, you're a little bit heavier than what he's used to. Try shuffling that leg on over. You calling him fat? I'm going to just kind of give it a slow, steady kind of work uh, my body over into place while still patting the little dude. Mm-hmm. It takes uh, about another five, ten seconds. You're able to get your other leg over, and you are now riding, well, mounted on a battle toad, sir. I got to be honest, it feels good. I want to thank everybody that believed in me, helped me get to this point. <laughs> I still believe in you. Go for it. Now, and, and, uh, that went very well. So I'm just going to give him like a slow little soft push with my heels. Get him to try and give a couple little hippity hops forward. See how he takes it. Okay, go ahead and give me one more animal handling to see if you can get this down because you're you're got in a relationship, which is not great. Boom. Best one so far. You're able to get a couple of good, quick little hops, and the stable hand kind of grabs his lead and pulls him over to the wall, and he go, tells you, flick the reins up. Mm-hmm. Do I wait for him? To, I don't even want to wait for him to talk. Okay, so as he says, flick the reins up, you just flick the reins up? Yeah. Your battle toad sits back on his haunch and then jumps up and sticks to the wall. And you hear from underneath you, squeeze with your hips, squeeze with your hips. And that's what I do. Thighs, hips, all those and, muscle and movements. This is going to take one more animal handling to see if you can uh, keep him calm as he climbs the wall. And one more, because you're trying to stay on, we'll do this one as a uh, athletics check. Strength. Strength, sorry, yeah. So do animal handling and then strength? Give me your strength first, just to stay seated, and then we'll do your animal handling to control him going up the wall. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my goodness. I can't get that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'll say because you're in the saddle this time, do it with advantage. That makes sense. Another chance, yes. Sorry. So he doesn't immediately fall off of the wall. <laughs> God damn, dude. I know, man. It's killing me right now. Oh, man. This is what I'm here for. Give me popcorn. (laughs) With with that tent, you're just... It is not a comfortable seat, but you're able to squeeze your legs enough to get on. However, you hear kind of a a very loud, but at the same time, subdued. And the stable hand reaches up, and he can just barely tap the back leg of the uh, battle toad, and he taps it, and it just kind of shuffles down off the wall and he looks at you and he goes well we could always try again later with a full mm-hmm. battle tack on where we actually strap you to the toad mm-hmm. but not bad for your first time that's great I'm, I'm immediately gonna hop off I feel good this was when I'm gonna slide a little frog <laughs> man another hunk of meat just for being awesome and pat him on the head he again takes it no issues and the stable hand takes him back and uh, proceeds to undress him and start cleaning him down. Okay, that's fantastic. I'm happy to, on my way heading out, to meet up with uh, everybody else. Happy to tell that guy, I'll be back. I wanted to be that frog. Dress him up and get him ready. Hey, again, we'll talk with the wizards and see what they want. I will too. Excellent. About this time, you guys are able to notice two very familiar figures 
kind of lingering just outside of the gate of the tower. They are kind of giving it the up-down. Go ahead and give me perception to see if you guys can tell who they are. Oh my goodness. On a roll. 25, not 20. AD, you were so busy looking at Magdar trying to figure out how he almost fell off a battle toad while in a saddle that you don't notice it. Uh, But everybody else, you notice the two friendlier dragons from the night before. They are, think like a bad disguise kit. Not quite the fake mustache and nose, but not really all that far from it. Is it Raphael going to a movie in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, it's hard to get a good look at them, but you can tell something is definitely weird. It's just a dragon in a trench coat? <laughs> yeah, basically. It's them in their human form in a trench coat is all it is. But they've made it super awkward. Uh, it, it's like they, a part of them has forgotten that they can kind of adjust their appearance. They've gotten so used to what they look like, and they just look super suspicious, just kind of hanging out inside, outside of the tower. I do believe our friends are waiting for us. Shall we go join them? I guess before someone catches on, yeah. Yes, there's things I would rather not explain to people. As you guys get over, just loud as crap. Just, whew, thank God we didn't think you guys were ever going to come. Really didn't want to go in there. Set off all kinds of wards. <laughs> exactly. oh, you, guys, you guys look great. That's oh, thank, you, thank you. We were planning to come find you, but this one wanted to go by the toad, and it went pretty well. And she points to Magdar when she says this one. As you guys are kind of standing on the outside of the tower, you hear like a high-pitched like yell. Soft at first, but getting louder and louder. And Icky comes sliding down. As I was going to say, you took the slide. <laughs> yeah, and you hear a thud and a thud, 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 as he kind of rolls to a stop. Oh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Hey, hey, buddy. Out of flux. Is Walt following you? I rode a frog. Walt was with you guys. Yeah, Walt, Walt was already down with the group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. And I guess she does not say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how perceptive you are. <laughs> Wasn't that distractive when we left? I just didn't notice the anything but the prank. I was busy trying to distract Mike. <laughs> so we would be less inclined to murder Linguini. Mike and Tim kind of hung out for a little bit. They watched for a minute. They have kind of moseyed on along, but uh, you're pretty confident. They had told you where they were going to be in the Coliseum. Apparently, they have a suite they use, uh, and so they gave you basically the card letting you to get into their suite once you guys arrive. Oh. I'm really glad they like us. <laughs> because I thought that first meeting would have gone poorly if they didn't. From a shock they've gone from trying to murder her to inviting her into their suite. It's still a little weird for her, but she's like, okay, I, I, <laughs> my life is weird, but there are some highlights. As you guys are kind of there, the dragons against look super uncomfortable. You notice that there are a handful of wizards that appear to be just kind of watching them, trying to figure out what's going on. No one's really approached, but they are definitely getting watched. And they kind of break into the group and then take four of you arm in arm and just kind of start marching you away from the tower. Who? We'll be on our way. The, the dragons. Oh, Right. That's fair. Oh man, first to God, now dragons? They must be really curious. (laughs) 
don't know for sure if the wizards all recognize they were dragons, but they're probably like, those dragons, they're dragons, aren't they? Yeah, and even if they didn't recognize them as dragons, there was definitely two really, really shady dudes posted up, and then they just left with your new guests. So uh, you guys can guess that there were probably going to be a couple of questions, but as of right now, you guys are away scot-free. Those questions can get in line. We've got all have our own questions, mm, too. So many questions. Like, who the heck hired us for this and why? That's something Romay's been thinking a lot about. You can tell that the copper dragon is very, very interested in continuing your conversation. And the steel dragon keeps kind of looking at her every time she opens her mouth, making sure she keeps it under wraps until uh, after a few blocks, uh, they go, so where are we headed? I need to find a smith. I need more flux. And at that, the, the steel dragon shakes his head. We sell that, you know. You could have asked. Oh, I'd like to buy some flux, please. <laughs> no, <laughs> quiet. You will have it delivered. Convenient. <laughs> it's wonderful. I'll, I'll go back to my room then. <laughs> my business is done. Did we return to your residence? <laughs> the, the steel dragon looks at you and says, No, no. Goldilocks is upset enough and, well, if, afraid if we bring you back, he'll be. Cantankerous would probably be the right word. Magdar tries to say that word. We, we've got this Coliseum sweet card. Oh. Mike and Tim would love to hear that conversation. <laughs> this is the quarterfinals of the sea battle. This will be interesting. We wanted to go, but we, you know, didn't know what your plans were. Mind if we tag along and we can have a discussion in some semblance of privacy? Whose sweet is it? Mike and right. Tim. And at that, he just, I don't know why I thought I knew what, I would know the answer to that question. <laughs> they're, they're good friends. I... You may be surprised. <laughs> Let's just say I trust them with my life. Wonderful. So, upstanding fellows, then. I'm sure you would not hang out with anyone of ill repute. Mm, yeah. Rubba is 100% <laughs> not going to that. mention the fact that she trusts them with her life, even <laughs> But they basically almost killed her before. They, they got really close to killing her before. And everyone else can go suck a dick. I need <laughs> uh, everybody go ahead and give me a roll for perception. Oh, that's damn. Bad. Wall. Well, yeah, that's because I'm sad. Perception that bad. <laughs> I'm sad because not only is it the quarterfinals, which means I ain't getting in a fight, I'm also not getting in a fight because we're going to a fucking sweep. <laughs> oh my god, I'm even wasting my time out here. So everyone who rolled higher than a 17, you guys notice that there is less foot traffic than what you guys have seen in the last couple of days here. The snow is still kind of heavy on the ground. It's not bad. Most of it's been uh, appears to have either been cleared away or melted. There are a lot less guards around than what you've seen. Same goes for wizards as well. The king's fleet was on its way here. Do we know how those entry papers went down? No, you said they take like a crazy long time, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They take. This is a very bureaucratic mess of a fight. It's not like in the la- uh, in Reaper's Hollow or Reaper's Gallows where everything went really quick. 
you know, in a good functioning city. <laughs> Roma is distracted by the fact that she's arm in arm with the dragon, and she's also kind of like scanning faces in the crowd just out of curiosity. It's like, oh no, you! Plus, I had to kill you. The steel dragon is very calm and cool and collected. The copper dragon, uh, I don't know if any of the, either uh, anyone has ever watched the Dragon Prince, but she's very much, oh, look at me on my way to go do my human things with my friends. <laughs> very awkward about it. <laughs> I think of Rome might kind of try and help distract her with conversation about things that makes it a little less awkward. To try and make her inconspicuous. Wall is totally not reading this right, because he looks over at her and loudly goes, I, too, have human friends. <laughs> she, she looks at you, she goes, is not being human with human and human-like friends the best? I mean, I guess. I'm a robot. Well, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't know about being human like you humans would. That's right, like us humans. And at this point, the steel dragon lets out a very audible gro- growl. <laughs> and it yeah, is that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it is not a, uh, but it is like a deep-throated, in-your-chest dragon growl. <laughs> Besides the party and dragons, what's what is present company? <laughs> You guys actually have, you're walking in kind of a big group. The streets, like I said, are a little bit less crowded than normal. You don't know if it's because it snowed last night or if something else is going on. You guys didn't really ask what was happening in the city today before you rolled out. Yeah, because if this this conversation is going on, Icky is absolutely going to be like, I, I thought these were the dragons. <laughs> yeah, there, there are not a whole lot of people on the street. I mean, they're, they're, you see others, but no one's really within earshot unless you're yelling. Why, why are we following these humans? We... We have a meeting with dragons. I look at the steel dragon. If you wanted inconspicuousness, you're hanging out with the wrong people. And he just, yep. You definitely am. I'm still questioning how we all got hired for this job. All in due also, time. All in who due time. hired us for the... But would she assume that a dragon would be able to speak under common? Uh, roll for me. Uh, roll... Depends on the dragon, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I reckon you could just throw it out there and see if it's... <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever she's rolling, no. So something she just <laughs> say, like, under her breath and just, like, a car common. You happen to know who it was who hired us. And they both look at you, look at each other, and in a common go, why would you not just ask that? Kind of at the same time. You can tell they've been around a lot. For all of her eccentricities, the, the copper dragon seems to be fairly sharp. We have a fairly good idea, yes. Very much like to talk about that, because I'm still trying to figure out why they chose us. How they fit into all of this. They kind of look around, they realize that they've got some space. And the steel dragon goes, I believe your results, while not what you wanted, or anyone wanted, speak for themselves. If you were the first ones to get within arm's reach of him, as ill-prepared as you were, now that you know what you're facing, you will do fine. Even with all that is at risk. He just, ah, when we get to the suite, we can actually discuss things. And uh, you guys have kind of meandered through. Uh, you're, you're pretty close to the Coliseum now. And as you get in, again, you see ships sticking up over the top of the Coliseum. And you notice there's a like, quite the crowd. I want to get some meat on us. A- before we get to the 
Oh, yeah. You guys walk through. You've got hawkers selling shirts with team names on them. You've got vendors selling all types of foods, meats, meat on a stick. A whole smorgasbord of options for you. There's alcohol to be had. There's fruits and vegetables. But you, you notice that uh, it looks like even though there's all these vendors, you do keep seeing the money run to one place kind of in particular that is very heavily guarded by a very obvious presence of city guard. What uh, how big is this contingent, you, would you say? That you can see just kind of at a quick glance through the crowd. There are at least 10 guards around this area. And then you notice, uh, kind of as you look up, there are more guards on battle totes up high for good air, uh, fields of view. And you notice the captain and his adjutant there as well. Yeah, Magdar's definitely looking up at those guys mounted on battle toads up high and just fantasizing that it's him. Roma is trying to resist the urge to cover her face because she's in public, but she's like, nope, she's leaving it. And she's going to like get herself like a little something to eat. Yeah, uh, the prices seem to be all pretty kind of standard. Most of the kebabs are running five or six copper a kebab. What a steal. The captain and his adjutant see you guys, and they kind of start hopping down towards you. And they kind of hop over towards you guys. And he, ah, good to see you. Afternoon. And he looks at Magdar and he nods. Good to see you as well. Well, I heard you had quite the night last night. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Damp and wet. <laughs> yes. Didn't get a blanket. Mm. <laughs> you did refuse healing. You did. He, he looked at you because he, he knows exactly what cell you wound up in. And he kind of cocks his head. Why didn't you use. There was a bed in there, man. Well, yeah, but I can't sleep in a strange bed. He's strong. He's not smart. He just sh- shakes his head. Anyway. I'm sad that that happened in my city, but thank you for handling yourself so well. I'd love to speak to you after the events of today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About that transfer of ownership on my frog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he smiles pretty hard at that. His adjutant seems fairly nonplussed. She is keeping her eyes roving over the crowd, obviously very serious in her duties of guarding her captain. But uh, he smiles. Like, we'll see what we can do about that. Mm-hmm. I will find you, like I said, when everything is over today, and we can talk more. Maybe see if they let anything slip to you last night in your fight that could help us put paid to that menace. Mm-hmm. Very well. I guess this is an ongoing problem we stumbled into. <sighs> Unfortunately. I do believe they were following us for some time. We seem to have a habit of stepping in shit. That is an understatement. He smiles. He goes, well, from what we've been able to gather, the king has found a way to slip people ashore and bypass our cantrip. Nothing in large orders, but once they're here, they're able to wreak their havoc. And, well, the lycanthropes are part and parcel with his plans. Mm, You need a task force. (laughs) Has the king managed to get any of his hunters into here? No, unless they 
have come in recently, we've we've done fairly well at keeping them out. The lycanthropes, while under his sway, are more chaotic creatures. They exist here mainly to cause chaos, less to bring the city down. That apparently it, he found a loophole. Yep. See, that's what you get for over bureaucracy in your city. You get loopholes everywhere. <laughs> I should be able to just walk in here and step into a fight. <laughs> Magda, what kind of uh, were creature were you bitten by? I forget. Tiger. Tiger. I believe it's it the was the, yeah, the weird tiger. It's like finding a way to get hunters here because I know that's something they've wanted for a while, but I, I have no idea how far they got with any of that. But that's the unfortunate. He just kind of nods because well, enjoy the day. There will be merriment. Basically until sunset, but we do have word that there are worms on the prowl on the tundra. So we will be keeping an eye that way. If we needed, could we rely on you? Tundra worms? Alaskan okay. bullworms. <laughs> uh, graboids. Let's call them what they are. <laughs> you guys are welcome to ask for clarification if you don't know what he is talking about. I definitely, I definitely say that to the guy. I say tundra worm. He smiles at that. He goes, "No, no, no. The as of yet untamed barbarians of this land who don't really care for us. We, uh, you know, that old Diddy came in, defiled their holy lands, took mm. their sacred grounds, upset the ancestors. And they've been breeding purple worms for generations." Oh, it I is mean, a thing of terror to watch a full cohort of worms ridden by them. But luckily, they've only ever teamed up twice. Ridden? Yes, yes. I want to give him ideas, please. I mean, these sound like your kind of people. Ancestors, riding worms. <laughs> if probably she's going to put her under arm, do her usual face palm butter under her breast and under common I'm sure down to my children. It's <laughs> answer your question, yes. We, we could, we're, we're pretty good. And he just, good. We don't expect anything. Scouts are several days out. We'll have plenty of warning, but depending on how long you stay, everybody is necessary. And he kind of points, you can see on the walls, because you guys haven't really gone out to that edge of the city, uh, but you can see on the walls there are massive ballista that looked to be about the size of the golden harpy. Damn. And there are about two score of them spaced about the wall. You can't see all of them for you are, but he's kind of pointed it and gives you kind of a brief rundown. He goes, if all goes well, one shot from that will take out a worm, but they've been known to be rather large in these parts, especially when bred for war. I mean, I'm intrigued. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't want to ride it. <laughs> and with that, he, he he and his agitot kind of hop on through. I'm going to just trust you guys to mark off whatever amount of money you spent on food and confections. And you guys are able to kind of wander into the Colosseum. Like I said, absolutely massive. On par with Roman Colosseum back at the Colosseum from ancient times. So absolutely massive. It puts the uh, one in Reaper's Gallows to shame. And you guys are able to just kind of flash the card quick, quickly. They do something with it, apparent, uh, some small incantation to make sure it's valid. A chauffeur grabs you. 
stops by, uh, kind of points out a refreshment area that apparently comes with the suite and shepherds you up to the suite. You guys enter. Michaela and Linguini are kind of back in the corner, not really paying attention to anything going on. Mike and Tam are having a heated debate about what you're seeing before you. They're going to be so excited when they see who we brought with us. <laughs> like any good sport, they're throwing turns back and forth. And with you guys not really knowing what's going on, that other than a ship battle, a lot of it kind of goes over your head. They look over and they note that you're there. And then Tim kind of looks back. Excuse me. I believe Wall and Icky spent a lot of time on a balcony studying because we thought we were going to get a fight in. <laughs> you guys did overhear a little bit of what was going on as far as discussion on the top for you, but these guys are... It'd be like trying to listen to a cricket game for the first time and figure out what the hell was going on. Like, they are deep in the lingo of it. This is a terminology issue, not a lack of understanding. Yeah, not a lack of understanding. Like, you're, you're able to, uh, from what you guys will watch of this event, you're able to track the progress, but the lingo is just lost on you. It might as well be a foreign language. Yep. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to figure out what lingo like. <laughs> Wall will just start throwing out words and stuff. Oh, that was a pretty sweet mother may I that guy just pulled right there. We'll kind of fast forward because this will be the conversation will be going on as you guys are talking with the dragons. But like every time you do it, Tam or Mike will look at you. Go, that wasn't that was a splay plane, you fool! You don't do a mayock right there. How? Dare you, sir? I believe I know a double, a double overhand underhung when I see one. <laughs> that was quite clearly a half-hitched anchor throw, sir. You would only use that when you were in a defensive mode, not on the attack like they were. He's he's quite right, Wall. <laughs> so they didn't have any reaction to our two friends we brought with us. Mike does not seem to care at all. Mike, from what you can tell, is fairly fairly heavy into his cups. Uh, but Tim did notice them. He just kind of raised an eyebrow, though. He did a quick count, realized there was a couple of people he didn't know, uh, and just kind of zoned out from that point. He trusts you guys enough to have faith that you won't do anything. You do notice your dragon friends stopping, they're looking very closely at their ears, and you see the steel dragon look at you guys, and the camera go, I thought you said you didn't hang out with anyone of ill repute. Those are obviously thief kinks. We only said that we trusted them with our lives. We never said that. You said that. You said that. <laughs> I only said that for us them with my life. We hang out I with do. the people who help us. <laughs> and the two dragons just kind of shake their heads, oh, whatever. <laughs> and if you say they're trustworthy, they're trustworthy. And they kind of move back to the opposite corner of Michaela and Linguini. This is a massive suite. There are... 13 of you in there, and you could easily fit another 10 people. So very, very luxurious. You actually noticed when you came in on the door, there was a placard. It said the Harpy's Nest. So apparently Mike and Tim either own this suite, or they are frequent enough to it that they have a way of marking it as theirs when they're in town. Very cool. I think it really might come in. It's a good thing that they're friends with them. I don't know who else would have a suite large enough to have more conversation in. So yeah, uh, you guys uh, are kind of in the suite, and the dragons are not at all interested in what's going on. You guys are welcome to be as interested as you are, but they are just straight to the, as soon as the door closes. You guys seem to have arrived pretty much as the games were kicking off. You hear an announcer kind of distorted, 
come over. You think he said something about the drowned ones against the urchins, but you're not 100%. And he uh, called it the first of the quarterfinals. So... Round one seems like a terrible team name. People wanting to stay honest. <laughs> Rama is just pulling out some pieces of parchment that don't have anything written on them or drawn on them and like stuff to write with. Just because if we need like drawings or notes or anything, she's got her notebook flipped open. You guys notice, like I said, there are about half size tri rings, if you guys remember from long ago when we first went over it, in the Coliseum that are getting ready to do battle. So, this is going to be a fairly epic fight that goes on for most of the day, however many rounds they get through today. And the dragons are straight to the point, though. They look at the group and they say, what, uh, what have you decided? I reckon Magdar will be the first to speak when he says, yeah, we should, we should kill all of those things. We need a team. <laughs> okay. And on that team will be a group of people. And that group of people... We'll protect the city. And I'll go see what's up with those worms you guys were talking about. Do you remember the conversation we had with them last night before all the fighting happened? Hmm? Mm-mm. We met these people before? (laughs) (laughs) Face in both hands, muttering some not very flattering things under common. It should just repeat the gist of what happened. Does anyone remember their names? Because I know that was a point of contention last time that we spent forever going over. Um, the ones we are yes. with right now are Hildreth and Secret. Awesome. Yep. I definitely wrote down one of their names, John. Russo is the crotchety to join parents. Hildreth was the steel dragon, correct? I want to make sure I have that right. I, my uh, I've got it as copper. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that because I've had to transpose my notes since last session. Old was Zeruso, and then Sergei was the steel. Sergei. Yeah, Sergei's the steel. Builders the copper, Zeruso's the gold. Cool. So, uh. Oh, I did have the name right. I just wrote down the name. Did you say Sergei instead of Segrin? (laughs) I've got Segrin for some reason. It is definitely Segrin, not Sergei. That's what I thought. Cool. I have the mammoth, and he's missing an eye. Awesome. I'm fixing that because I think I, I must have been heard. <laughs> I'm definitely not fixing that because I don't care enough about them. Uh, yeah, the gold dragon was the one missing the eye, so. Yeah, and he's the one who is also missing his will to fight. Uh, less so from kind of what you gather from his will to fight, as more. He's just mad that we're better at it than him. Yeah, he he is of the opinion that if he if they failed, there's no way you'll be able to succeed. Rome will answer once we're done just kind of doing the just ignore Bagdar motion. I for the one I'm not going to sit back and let this monster get what he wants. I'd rather die knowing that I tried. Plus I have to ask more about whether or not we're destroying all magic on this planet. He nods. He goes, well if there is consensus then to business of how to save our world. What do you know of the one who hired us? He sighs. Well, if what we have heard is correct, there is, on the other side of the world, an opposing force to this king. Not as strong, but 
craftier. She is his antithesis, if there is such a thing for him. Where he brings destruction and despair, she tries to bring light and life. She is incredibly elusive. She has existed for at least 300 years, and we have never met. He kind of stops. You can tell he's, he's, he seems to be trying to gather what he feels is the most important thing. It's for you guys to know. Is She has long been a friend with enchantments and money for the rebellion, but outside of this main landmass, there is, truthfully, not a lot, but small islands. We dragon folk don't even truly nest in those areas just because there's nothing there for us. He kind of leans back. He goes, that is what we know of her. She stands against him at every turn and has since Jinnabon's failure. In fact, there is rumor that she is the one who started Jinnabon on his path. Hey, I know that guy. How can we find her? I've never found her. She finds her friends, not us. Okay. Any information on what she's called. At that, the copper dragon, Hildreth, kind of. Well, we can tell you she's not a queen. She is not a killer. She is a protector. She is the shining light to the king's all-consuming darkness. Rome likes this person a lot. (laughs) She is one of the first to show how to capture the magic of the pieces of the star and use it for any type of gain other than just a treasure. There must be some measure of guilt that comes with that. Does anyone know how the king learned how to do that? Trial and error. It seems that when one learns something, the other is not far behind. And she kind of goes quiet. She ponders for a few minutes and Seagrin seems to be kind of lost for a moment watching the two ships go for each other. Uh, For those of you who are in the know, the drowned ones appear to be kicking the crap out of the urchins right now. So, Iki isn't really paying too much attention to the conversation with the dragons. He's more transfixed on the the naval battle. Oh yeah, that's what our wall is. It appeared for a minute that it was going to stay kind of at a distance, a, a... you could tell from the arrows being shot, people are getting hurt, but there don't didn't appear to be the glint of metal. It appeared to be wooden tipped. So people are probably still being hurt. And the announcers seemed kind of shocked by it as well. It was only a few moments of distance battle, and the drowned ones basically just rammed the <laughs> urchins and proceeded a boarding action. And so this has gone down in like five to ten minutes, and they're down to uh, from the sound of it the captains of the urchins just kind of forded up in the prow of their ship and the crowd's going nuts and the captains are just doing a great job holding their own and beating back the drowned ones the entire conversation was just said that should be me <laughs> <laughs> so all of the rest of this aside what, what are our next steps well that is what we are trying to figure out we have heard rumors that there is a shaman in the wastelands to the north who has managed to procure several of these star stones. And it would not be a great idea for him to have the opportunity to either sell them to the king 
or tap into them for himself. Alternatively, we could always go for shipping you to the island chain where we last heard rumor that she was at and see if we could not introduce you in a more formal fashion to this other player. Could we not deal with the Star Stones and then find a way to contact her? She generally does not stay still for long. The fastest way to get you there would be to... And at this, he kind of... And looks at uh, Hildreth, and she smiles real big. She goes, who wants to ride a dragon? Um, everyone ever. <laughs> Mike and Tim go, what? And whip around. And actually, for the first time... Take a, a decent look at your guests. And Mike goes, and Tim just puts a hand on top of his, puts his finger down, not involved. <laughs> that girl's going to be first in line for that round. Could <laughs> <laughs> we perhaps send someone else to procure the Star Stones? Yes, we were actually planning on slipping that little bit of information to the wizards this evening or tomorrow morning depending on how things here played out we may also know some thieves who if not already interested themselves may know of people at that you see Tim just put his hand out and Mike just start counting gold coins into his hand uh, and you hear that the urchins have been defeated by the drought ones in the opening quarterfinal match. <laughs> yeah, crowd's going crazy. Uh, you get a look for the uh, the first time as kind of things kind of settle down. It appears that there is a sea troll who is on the Drowned Ones team. And uh, you actually notice that that is the emblem on their sail. Uh, it appears to be his face. <laughs> it must be the team captain. <laughs> Because as much as I would love to beat this person, I really don't want Star Stones getting into King's hands. He's got plenty. You don't want to meet the sea troll? <laughs> she just kind of like goes to like pat a key on the head and just thinks better of it and doesn't actually pat a key on the head. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Mike, who is still pretty sloshed, he goes, we could steal some stuff again. Hey, boy! How are you at stealing things? And Linguini looks at you guys. Magdar's just going to holler out, he's pretty good at stealing hearts. <laughs> hey! Yo! Because he slept with that girl. <laughs> that did happen. That, 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 that is the implication. Yes, it is. And Tim just walks back and high fives with the shit out of Magdar and <laughs> walks back to the front of the, the box. <laughs> I definitely feel like Magdar is going to turn to not the bronze dragon, but the other one, the in charge uh-huh. seeming one. Secret? He's going to uh-huh. say, you realize there's no possible way that we can do this without, you know, a battle toad, right? We're going to need at least I one. That was coming. For the plan to even have a chance of working, you know. (laughs) He looks at you and he just, no. No, This will work fine without. I tell you what. I've thought about it. Perhaps when we come back, Magdor, we can get you a battle toad once we are done saving the world. Magdor, uh, I just just want to remind Crash, not, not Magdor, that you were just offered a ride on a dragon. 
Mm-hmm. But that's not for keepsies. Got to keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't. That's not for keepsies. <laughs> I don't think an amphibian's gonna do very well in the frozen wastes. It's weird that they're, and yet, you know, they're the most popular animal for labor and travel. It's yeah, man, everyone, everyone loves an exotic car. Because <laughs> magic is the only reason they're not all toad sickles right now. Magic. It's not the magic on the frogs, it's the magic on the environment and the city. Uh, maybe a little magic on the frogs, but I'm not sure how long that would last. Yeah, that def- it's definitely the magic on the frogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, he, he is very adamant. He's not carrying a frog unless it's for a snack. Call yourselves enlightened. <laughs> Aroma mutters under her breath and under Oh, helm, help us! I don't know, man. There's a lot of meat on those frog legs. And at that, Hildreth is kind of back behind the group. I tried to eat one. Everybody was like, "Whoa, Mega, crazy man!" It's fun to gig them when I'm full size. (laughs) (laughs) I'd imagine Magdar is very confused by that. Hey, he just knows that this frog thing ain't over. <laughs> well, I'm just, I feel like anyone listening to this conversation is confused if anyone's actually paying attention, although I don't really think anyone is. <laughs> Mike and Tim, maybe, kinda. Just because, what did they bring in here? Round two of the quarterfinals has started. The teams were announced as the Shining Sea and the Black Flags. Ten gold on the black flags. Anyone? Anyone can Mike, here? from the very front of the room, bring it. I'll slap it down in his palm and give like a... I have to like jump up to get to there. <laughs> Pretty sure at some point, Icky and Wall just kind of break off from the group and go hang out with Mike and Tim. <laughs> so they don't care what happens. They've heard dragon riding and Icky's in for that, but now they're interested in the business of winning money from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> So the dragons just kind of look at you, so the decision, two small ones there will not repent and do the right thing, but will do the wrong thing for the right reasons for us. Yes. That sounds about right, yes. (laughs) And Tim goes, money, we do need money for this. Yes, as as you said, the right reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And at that, Seagram just, well, how much... And Mike and Tim kind of lean in. Uh, Icky and Wall, because you guys have moved down to the front by them to watch the show. You hear very quickly tossed around between them by ear. Mike kind of gets... And he looks back and goes, What kind of tribes are out there? You said they were barbarians. And Hildreth and Seagram kind of look at each other. They're kind of all barbarian. Orc, kobold, human, goblin. There's a good mixture of people out there but the the main one who has kind of drugged them together is a ogre that has brought them together with an orc shaman but they all fight under the same banner mm, and I believe that shaman is the one you're they'll, they'll be robbing yes yes wait so we are doing oh, no, no no we're hiring out them 
They were able to take out the military compound. I think they can end the way to do this. So they just kind of nod, and Mike and Tim, two golden ear, and Seagrid, come again? And so Tim, two gold, and then he grabs his non-earringed ear and just wiggles it. <laughs> For one of those. How about a flat rate of 700 gold? And Tim thanks it over. He looks at you guys and goes, what are the pieces of the star? Are they worth that much? <laughs> well, you know, I think you're selling yourselves real short. You should go for three gold here. And Tim goes, how about a thousand gold per star piece? And you can see Seagrin just visibly cringe. And he'll just, that's fine. <laughs> Spits in her hand, walks up and shakes Tim's hand. <laughs> very important. No. Mike and Tim are now satisfied. They have continued work that is actually, they've made quite the good hunk of change from this little endeavor, if all goes well. You guys paid them quite handsomely for their ship and crew. Now they're getting yeah. quite a good payout here as well. And what if they might end up with a son-in-law? <laughs> Or a grandchild. For <laughs> both. They should bet on which one comes first. Hey. <laughs> I bet you it was him the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a lizard in your hand for a second, Brock. And I was like, when did you get a pet lizard? It's a dog butt. I see that now. <laughs> and they kind of come back and they go, well, with us flying, you do have cold weather gear, yes? Yes, we are prepared. Oh, yeah. Yep. Magdar, the stuff that you had to have custom made for you, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't check for it, but it was dropped off at the uh, at your room for you. No, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll scoop that up before we go in a direction. They kind of, well, we'll leave you to whatever it is this is. And uh, he says it kind of disinterested, but you can see he is watching. And if you look closely enough, you actually see he has a small banner for the black flag pulled tight, almost like a scarf around his neck. <laughs> and he goes, but uh, we have uh, things of great import to, to do. And with that being said, he walks down to the uh, very front edge of the box right next to Tim and Mike and Wall and Nikki and sits down to start watching the match. Then I suppose I'll join. Hildreth just kind of rolls her eyes, waves at the sweet attendant, and she just starts ordering all kinds of food and drinks and sweets to be brought in. She knows how to do this. Yeah. Oh, when do we leave? <laughs> as, as, as Icky does that, you get that from Seagrid. Uh, <laughs> Icky pulls his bag of holding out and kind of puts it in his lap and he starts pulling out the pickled herring eggs and munching on those as he's watching. Uh, you notice <laughs> that Seagrid is reaching down, just kind of blindly grabbing until he pulls out one of the eggs. And start snacking on it with you. <laughs> Just completely nonplussed by it. <laughs> Second match ends. You bet 10 gold on the black flag, sir? Yeah. You are paid 20 gold. You get your 10 back and then uh, 10 from Mike. <laughs> oh, it was Mike. It was Mike, yeah. Okay. That match takes until just after lunch. I can go through all of it. I, it's just kind of rough notes. Uh, the negotiations is not going on for anywhere near as long, because I really thought you guys would go for the heist instead of going to the uh, tropics. I mean, if there wasn't a <laughs> naval battle going on, Icky would have been paying more attention, and he probably would have gone for the heist. 
<laughs> so kind of disappointed. Uh, you guys well, should not go for the height. Like, but whatever. Oh goodness, we need help. If you suspect we're going in a direction, no, we're going the other. Because <laughs> oh, I knew how bad you guys wanted to do a prison break, so I was like, I'm gonna offer up a heist, and they're gonna be like, we're gonna go rob the fuck out of a dude, and let the dragons go talk to this bitch and bring her to us, and then he was like, now nah, let's go meet a new friend, and our, not our get a fucking friend. heist. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No interest in heists. The knight is still <laughs> young; someone could still be arrested. Absolutely. So, Who knows? Well, maybe maybe kind of along hoping. the way we have to stop and help and then rob some bad people. So Mike does not give up any more uh, offers for bets. He's kind of upset. He lost that one to someone who doesn't even follow the sport. One pickled herring egg on whoever's <laughs> next. Uh, so Seagrin is very happy because his team has has made it to the quarterfinals. Uh, you're actually uh, the day ends in the Coliseum with all the quarterfinal matches finished. You have the drowned ones, the black flags, the dark water, and fuck, I can't read what that says. Ooh, that's a great. That's the pirates of the pirates of dark water. Five five gold. <laughs> yes, we. And the Scallywags advancing to the semis. It will be the first two, so it is the Drowned Ones and the Black Flags, and then the Dark Water and the Scallywags in the other bracket, uh, which will be held tomorrow, you're informed, as the crowd leaves. Which one was the one? Was the, the Drowned Ones were the guys with the Sea Troll? Yep, yeah. we're the one with the Sea Troll. Yeah, those are my guys. You notice that uh, Seagrin looks kind of nervous when the brackets are announced that it will be the black flags versus the drowned ones. And with good reason. I mean, look at the size of that lad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he made all state last year. That's true. (laughs) First round draft pick. Mike goes, he wasn't all, God, (sighs) he was the divisional champion, man. All state. You guys notice each of the teams kind of who passed on, uh, you noticed um, had kind of the main figure. You had the sea troll from the drowned ones. The black flag had a hulking massive, what appeared to be drow elf, but just jacked like six foot five, about 230 pounds. And he hit instead of uh, small dainty weapons. He was using a battle hammer, but he was moving it like it weighed nothing. Respect. The Dark Water had a Verbolg, which is a dwarven giant mix. Uh, he started the fight very, very small, and then suddenly grew up to about 14, 15 feet tall, flaming red hair sticking out. And he fought with a large wooden club. And the Scallywags were led by a, it looked like to be a full blooded orc. He was absolutely massive, and his tool of destruction appeared to be just a chopped down anchor. Oh, that's an awesome. innovator. So, there's actually a character on the podcast I listened to from before. He's a conquest paladin, and his weapon is an anchor. <laughs> he didn't use his like a hammer. His was more like a very, very heavy flail. And you guys were able to notice that that seemed to be the one match where there were lots of TV timeouts for injuries. <laughs> so, that is your set for tomorrow. Uh, the dragons do inform you. Uh, they are ready to go whenever you guys are. Uh, time is of the m- utmost importance, but they are willing to wait a day. Seagrin especially seems to be willing to wait uh, to leave in two days, so that way he can see the end of the event, which appears to be tomorrow. Is it cold on the islands? 
that we're headed to the chain? No, no. You guys kind of get the breakdown. It's a tropical island, uh, but you'll be flying high up, and so you want to make sure everybody had warm clothes so they didn't freeze to death while you were flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We gotta get some umbrella drinks while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I know Rome wants to wait, but she's also like, it's like don't want to wait too long, but she, she does want to wait. She's got that super strong liquor. We can hollow out a coconut and some of the coconut milk here. <laughs> <laughs> make it, make it fucking my ties down there. <laughs> you put the lime in the coconut, you mix it all up. Oh, are we gonna get a beach episode? We'll see. <laughs> Before Sigrid leaves, uh, so so the how exactly did the logistics of your uh, delivery service work? Oh, we'll have a runner there by the uh, in the morning. Uh, he he accepts payment. Yes, he'll take the payment for you, but how, how much do you need? Oh, not not much. Just a few grams. Excellent. Well, call it five gold. I mean, I'll, without even, like, having put it back in my bag, I'll take the, the winnings from uh, Tim and, <laughs> like, make sure he knows that it was his. And all. <laughs> Steady eye contact the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I imagine there is at least one rude gesture. Response. You guys give me a perception check for about the halfway point of the third match. Go ahead, go back and do this because I, I forgot to ask for that. Oh, I guess it helped with the roll 20. Wasn't paying Jesus. attention? It's the okay. one that roll, probably rolled the highest. <laughs> Ooh, and that was probably the one who's going to be most. Uh, at some point in time, Michaela and Linguini slipped out of the room. Rome ain't saying anything. I say everybody who rolled higher than a 12 noticed that. Megar definitely says something. <laughs> I'm very when bored back in the corner. <laughs> I imagine those of no. us who aren't paying attention are just sitting around talking about random stuff and eating food. <laughs> yeah, Hildreth is doing a great job keeping the food coming, too, and it is top-quality food. She passes menus out to everyone who's not involved and in watching the shenanigans going down in the arena. So you guys are able to order quite the spread. <laughs> Yeah, just like swapping yeah. random stories of trouble we've gotten into and kind of stuff. You know who would like this food? Linguini would like this food. It's good food. Yeah, and, and he did. He chowed down as well. He seemed to be kind of caught up in it, but whatever uh, him and Michaela were talking about seemed to be of much more importance to him when they left. Mm-hmm. As so he they, uh, uh, how well, they left? Yeah, they, they rolled out. You can uh, say if you want to backtrack it so you can go with them so you're not stuck watching the sporting event, you are welcome to, ma'am. No, no. I will leave them alone together. Okay. I do not want to do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as they're leaving the room and Magdar notices it, he says, he hollers after him. I'm sure everybody can hear it because he hollers. Dehydration is the enemy, friend. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Bobby Boucher, Linguini. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means. And closes the door as they walk out. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, like I said, we'll wrap there because I really did think you guys were going to plan this heist out. And I figured that would take at least an hour and a half. And once I mean, again, you guys have, have zigged when I thought you were going to zag. <laughs> we're still going to plan this heist, heist out for <laughs> contingency. <laughs> yeah, most of us still want the heist. We were going to want to stay to watch the end of the competition tomorrow. I think Icky will not, but I okay. Icky, but, Icky wants to roll. No, he doesn't want to roll out, but he's he's he wants to stay in town. Okay, 
he really wants to finish this project. Absolutely. So the, pretty much the only reason he left the room is because he ran out of flux. It just so happened <laughs> that like, everyone was there and he just kind of got like swept up in it and was like, oh, 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 okay. Rome wants to stick around just to see if there's a response back. This person she's trying to find. Uh, you do notice Seagrin confirming with Mike and Tim that they will be back in the suite to watch the goings on tomorrow and at the guest high fives we'll see you in the morning <laughs> and rolls out with Hildreth that's what I like to see us bringing people together <laughs> pretty interesting people but I've seen birds are friends oh, yeah I don't oh. care to, to wait and, and watch your, or not yeah. let's go drown once Woo. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you say that Seagrin yells out, Hoist the black flag! Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Age is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toybert, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky, Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. Hello. We are here today to tell you about Modified Role. What you're about to hear are real-life testimonies of people who have been affected by Modified Role. None of the people you're about to hear are paid actors. I mean, they are actors, but we're not paying them. Before I found Modified Role... I never knew of the foe that plagued humanity for generations, Rivers. Before Modified All, I didn't know there were dice with more than six sides. Well, uh, before I found Modified Rule, I thought fantasy role-playing was something you did in the bedroom. Before Modified All, I didn't know rolling dice could be so dangerous. Uh, before Modified Rule came along, I couldn't tell the difference between a d20 and a tennis ball. Needless to say, it's changed my life. Before Modified Roll, I was shocked when someone would offer to show me their minis. So, with so many lives changed through Modified Rule, don't you think it's time you gave it a try? Modified Rule has not been proven to improve life in any measurable metric, and cannot be held responsible for any detrimental impact caused by listening to the podcast. Modified Rule takes no responsibility for loss of birds, dwarves, or animal companions. 